The following is a presentation of Dating Kinky, Kinky Connections and Kinky Education. We're kinky, done differently. what women and other wonderful humans want. A frank and fun discussion about the way people approach each other for romance, relationships, friendships, or other partnerships that make us happy, as well as an intimate discussion about how to connect with our own authentic self. With questions asked by a guy. And now here is your host, John, or as we call him around here, hi there, catsuit. Hello there, Nookie, and welcome to the program. It's hard to imagine, but we're getting ready to close season two of the show. Season three is just around the corner. And in a small part of Pennsylvania, there is an oasis called Enthrall, a complete compound that you and your special kinky partner can stay in with everything you can imagine right at your fingertips. And the innkeeper has a pretty amazing story of her own as well. Kathleen Ashford, once upon a time in a land far away known as Lady Aurora, has gone from professional showgirl to lingerie and fetish store proprietrix and professional dominatrix to become the innkeeper of Enthrall, your kinky B&B. She has created a kinky paradise where her guests can explore their desires for erotic adventure in a safe and sex-positive place. She's consulted for multiple seasons for a primetime TV show on BDSM psychology and ambiguous wounds, and now coaches couples in kink and communication. Having more than 25 years deeply involved in kink and sex positivity, she brings her passion in all that she does for people growing and having fun exploring their sexuality and kinks. The innkeeper of Enthrall, Kathleen Ashford, on what women and other wonderful humans want. It's five questions about memorable firsts. We call it the first five. First time you set foot on stage as a showgirl, and what your emotions were like? Well, the first time I set on stage as a stripper was an amateur night, just for fun. I had always gone with the guys, had a fine time. And it was a Tuesday. A girlfriend and I were like, we're quite bored. What shall we do? And there in the weekly zine, <laughs> amateur night. So, um, like, oh, let's just for fun do it. And I won a hundred dollars. And I was like, wow, that's the easiest hundred dollars I've ever made. So that was as you know, it was later that I actually went 
full-time with that sort of thing. And then I moved um, kind of up to a very fancy gentleman's club, they would say at the time, and became a showgirl amongst the dancers there. Uh, so what was my feeling? I mean, absolute terror. Like, like I have horrible stage fright. I can't tell you what a big deal it is for me to see myself on video or hear my voice or no, like I'm always, if a camera comes out, I'm the one doing this, <laughs> turning away. Um, so yeah, but the music and the dancing, that was always where I could just not just lose myself, but when I chose to just deeply connect with the audience. And it was always through the music for me, but always abject terror, stage fright. First time you ever thought of opening a business and what was it? Oh, um, I believe I was 17. I'd been, on, I'd been living on my own for a while at that point. And my first entrepreneurial effort was candle making and I had a couple of shells on at the co-op in Anchorage Alaska in the mall and I kept selling out and I lost the joy of candle making unfortunately and I was like no I don't want to do this anymore so <laughs> but it was it was a fun um feeling to have something that was completely my own that other people were interested in, in having. So yeah, I've been a sort of a serial entrepreneur in some form since. First time you left Alaska and came down south. Other than family vacations when I was much younger. Let's see, I was I just graduated high school, so I was 17. And I moved to, no, I just came to visit Seattle for a few days. And then I ended up moving to the area for two years. And I was like, no, I hate it here. And then I went back to Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> then I came back to Seattle for like 20 years <laughs> and I left it <laughs> recently. Well, as someone who spent 20 years in Seattle, not quite sure what you hated about it, other than it is provincial from time to time. <clears throat> it is. Was it I the don't, rain? Because no, you, you, you get a little rain. bit of that in Anchorage, too. <laughs> no, I love rain. Um, honestly, I don't hate it. It just always felt like a holding pattern of sorts. Mm. Um, I did build wonderful community and make lifelong friendships living there. That's true. Um, but I watched it go from this super cool creative town to more and more high rises, like at least 10 cranes at a time going in the downtown area, building new and all the fun and art being shoved out and then it took a while but 
man, I, I got, I thought I might miss it more. I don't. I had been back there in, I think we left 15 years ago and I miss it. I miss the people. I miss the sounders people. because of course <laughs> I miss the sounders, but it was always a wonderful place for me and I didn't want to leave it. Uh, but I think that I probably would have gained a lot of anxiety for what it would become because mm. it wasn't anything like that when I was there. I hadn't even heard of a thing called Amazon yet. Right. It right. Makes a big difference. It's a whole new, different town and it lost all the fun parts for me. First time you made an appearance as Lady Aurora. <laughs> um, I was, I think, age 26 or so when I came out as professional, um, something that had been part of my lifestyle for several years at that point. And it hadn't occurred to me to be a professional. <laughs> um, I was playing at a club one night in San Francisco, actually, and a gentleman approached me afterward, my scene, and asked if I'd be there the following night and would I be open to a scene with them. We discussed and all sounded good. And we had our lovely scene. And then he had just handed me a bunch of money because he assumed I was a pro. <laughs> I was like, oh, whoa. So when you know, later on when a fork in the road in my life came up and I asked myself if I could do anything I wanted and pay the bills, what would that be? There was really zero question. I wanted to beat people up for fun and profit. First time you welcomed a guest to enthrall. Ah, uh, 2015 in... Well, we opened in March, and I think I was ready for guests by May. I was taking May reservations. So, and I didn't advertise at all for the first two years. I didn't think it would gain as much traction as it ended up doing, and I love it more than anything now. Describe what it was like to have those first guests come in. Oh, um, you know, a, a bit nerve wracking. I have, I have a deep love of hospitality. And so as the host, hostess, I, it's my job to put them at ease as quickly as may be, because I have to know that they are arriving with so much anxiety. And so well, it's nerve wracking for me. It's also my job to be very calming because it's even more nerve wracking for them. And when we come back on what women and other wonderful humans want, we will talk about the glorious place in the middle of Pennsylvania in thrall when we return. Hi, this is Venus, and I have a special message going out to all the single ladies listening right now. What if you could have a committed, loving relationship 
with a partner who is monogamous to you, but who would love to see you have sexual experiences with others. Sounds too good to be true, right? Well, it's not. You really can have your cake and eat it too. You can have it all. Learn more at venusconnections.com. That's venusconnections.com. Have you ever had the joy of being wrapped up in a cocoon of spandex where the idea of movement can only be fantasy? It is amongst the most beautiful feelings ever. That feeling of that tight material hugging every part of you. Well, our friends at Winter Fetish want you to experience that sensation and are offering listeners of our show 10% off spandex sleep sacks when you use the code www.spandexsleeps and you will help the show as well with your purchase. I dream of being zipped up and held in one of these amazing sleep sacks and I think you'll enjoy it too. Enter the code www.spandexsleeps at checkout when you visit winterfetish.com. Pleasant dreams. From the bold and the beautiful, to boy meets world, to liberating herself from Hollywood. Maitland Ward has an incredible story, and she shares it with us. When I was trying to be nice and fit in that box, less people noticed me or gave me respect, especially like after my fame on the shows and everything, like later years, middle years, I guess. (laughs) Um, But then when I like on social media, and I really have social media and my fans and the press to uh, thank because they gave me a platform to express who I was and to do stuff I wanted to do. And once I started to be really authentic about myself and to be honest, about who I was and just have fun and be be who I am, that's when people really started to respond. And I think that's a lesson that everybody can really learn in life and anything. I think people really respond to authenticity and that's a powerful energy to have. Maitland Ward on the premiere of season three of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, Tuesday, September 20th. We invite you to follow us on social media. Check us out at What Women Want P1 on Twitter, What Women Want Podcast on Instagram, and for our kinky friends on FetLife at WWW Podcast. And now back to this episode of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. Welcome back to the program, joined by Kathleen Ashford, the innkeeper of Enthrall. And one of the things I loved when we first talked with each other via email is you have a quote on the bottom of your email talking about why you would you open a kinky B&B. Would you like to tell us about that? Um, if I recall it verbatim, Enthrall is founded on the belief that one of the kindest things you can do for another human is to give them a safe space and permission to explore. And that's been what I've honed my overarching life's mission into focus and exploring their sexuality and all that it may mean to them. So when you started as a professional dominatrix, when you, 
I love how you said the $100 was the easiest money you ever made in the amateur night. And then you talk about somebody handing you a bunch of money after. Right. <laughs> I yeah, would say, well, maybe yeah. that was the easiest. But <laughs> Oh, no. I, at the time, though, it was. But you knew that the exploration of kink was something that was so dear to somebody. When did you develop your love for kink? As early as I can really recall. And a lot of it was fetish fashion, the film noir, femme fatale. Uh, if there was a bullwhip involved, I would... <laughs> <laughs> and I wasn't sure what all of that might mean, it being so very long ago and in Alaska of all places mm -hmm. where there is there was no scene there now is it's just awesome and it was my visits to Seattle and San Francisco from Alaska and I ended up finding myself drawn toward the bondage clubs and I, it was the first time I think I saw this really amazing woman in a leather catsuit and with just the classic wielding of the, and the crack of the whip. And that, that I was like that, that feeling. And I, I remember the first time I put on a pair of high heels, very young. And I remember just this rush of powerful feeling and sensation through my entire body. And it was the same way with combat boots, but <laughs> it was the same feeling once I found my, my way into a role as a top and I found a couple of dear um, personal play partners in both Seattle and San Francisco. So when I would visit, we would have fun times and I would get to work my kinks out <laughs> and learn as more and more because I just, I wanted to know everything. Have your tastes in kink changed as your life has gone on? because I know how mine have evolved, but some people define it early and just go with it. How about you? Mm, I don't know that mine have changed. Um, in truth, no, because I was able to boil down my kink. And as a professional dominatrix, it was never about what I could make them do. It was always about what I could make them feel. And one of the feelings that I, as a top, I kink on is taking away other people's rights. And that mm. has held steady. And that can so, look a hundred different ways. Well, tell me about some of those hundred different ways. Now you have me intrigued. They're all very individual to whom I'm playing with. Mm -hmm. um, but I absolutely adore being the key holder in chastity situation. I absolutely love anticipatory personal service. That, you know, before I even indicated that I want it, it's being handed to me. Mm -hmm. 
I could kink on that forever. <laughs> <laughs> but rare and precious, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> As we know. Um, sometimes it just looks like having to sit there in front of the television while I decide how I want to tie someone up best next. And if I have a scene in mind, I've probably thought it through at least eight steps ahead of where I am at the moment. And I wanted to know um, all the ways that could look. So yeah, so just some, sort of being my, my stunt bottom for rope practice, because I find there's a real romance to rope. I totally get that. As a matter of fact, I'm ruminating on a writing and it's I I tend to do that from time to time and then it'll I'll be distracted by something and don't get to it but there's been this writing that's been going through my head about totally being bound in a way that I have no way of making any decision in any way that's to literally that. be basically a <laughs> For lack of a better term, a doll where you you can move me however you want me, but I can't move myself. Or maybe your next breath simply isn't guaranteed. Hmm. It could mild to wild. There's a great expanse in there. Now I find this fascinating, Kathleen, because I see your eyes here in the video because I'm able to see you for the interview, even though our audience is only hearing the audio. I see your eyes totally light up, but I see, I hear this gentle, soft voice <laughs> that totally confuses me because I see the power but I hear the kindness and I'm it's weird. To, I want to lull you into a false sense of security and then have my way with you, whatever that is. Hmm. But it's like being caught in a spider's web before you realize it. Mm -hmm. And uh, oh, all of a sudden you can't move. I've taken away your right to locomotion, to being ambulatory, layer one. <laughs> That's beautiful. So you decided at some point that you wanted to open a space to others to welcome them into your world that they could make their own. Yeah. How did the idea start? So, like, I'm going to tell you the best story, best Genesis, because there's many, many avenues to it. But um, it started with a long-running series of ongoing conversations on the topic um, with a, a dear friend and peer, um, Domina Carmen, at the time, and we were going to open fabulous hotels in major metropolitan cities 
that would be staffed by slaves who would pay for the privilege of working there and <laughs> pie in the sky, nothing was <laughs> too out there. We would have, and it was just this wonderful, beautiful ongoing conversation that we'd pick up all the time. And she passed away very suddenly. Mm. And it was devastating. But as I was hitting my own fork in the road, I really wanted to bring her with me. And I, as I can't quite build that, but what if, what if I converted the basement <laughs> just a little bit more? And I mean, the dungeon was upstairs, but, and then make it like a, you know, like a bed and breakfast, which mm. is sort of rare on the West Coast. And it was sort of an homage to her mm-hmm. in a deep way. So she's built into the fabric. And I have images of her strewn throughout. So I like to think that um, she'd like what she'd see <laughs> if she was at my side. What brought you to Pennsylvania? Pennsylvania um, was a place I had heard of. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good start. Right. Well, um, when it became clear that the criteria I was looking for was not to be found in real estate on the West Coast, because I wanted to scale the business, um, it had more demand than it could accommodate. So I was like, well, here we are. It's time to grow. And part of my criteria was acreage. I wanted privacy in a real way. And as you know, real estate on the West Coast is insane. Mm -hmm. But there was a a long list. But anyway, we narrowed it down to, um, I think, a portfolio of nine properties and uh, my partner and another person went out to scout them and they returned with information and this house actually wasn't even my first choice Mm -hmm. but I'm so glad that it ended up being the one that we now call home to enthrall it's really cool and weird and the name, which obviously is awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Where did the name come from? I love a triple entendre, if you can ever pull one off. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all of it. Um, obviously, thrall means slave. If you're enthralled by something, you're captivated by it, you're a captive. And in it was easy mm-hmm. <laughs> and people misspell enthrall all the time anyway so <laughs> it worked out so you see the piece of property when did the visualization start of what you wanted to do well um it started right away as soon as i had photos and off of real estate photos on the internet you know, what I would change. I can see the bones of a place and what it might become. And 
originally had started remodeling two completely different spaces. And then the pandemic was mm. lockdowns was one month after arrival. Like literally had not even had time to unpack. Wow. And all of a sudden, home-based hospitality was a thing that shouldn't exist. And that was a minute of panic because just taking on this massive mortgage and now what? So pivoting the model to a contactless one where I could keep my guests safe and myself safe and my staff safe. Oh, we were saved. <laughs> <laughs> but I wasn't going to open it unless I could, you know, keep reduce the risks as much as I possibly could. Mm-hmm. And each different wing of the house has its own HVAC systems with massive and HEPA filtration and UV light filtration. <laughs> <laughs> like I take my air seriously. <laughs> so that I actually lived in a house that was very similar that had had this filtration system that we went down to the basement and went, what in the world is this? <laughs> like, oh, thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, the space that we ended up converting was not was not at all where we started so we abandoned the partially renovated spaces uh, mind you while hemorrhaging startup cash Mm. because now we're pivoting to this completely different space that i thought would be a much later space the party space Mm -hmm. and it turns out it's a really badass suite. <laughs> <laughs> it's like 3,000 square feet with your own personal dungeon and indoor heated pool and really sexy bedchamber. Wow. And grounds and paths to explore. And, um, and it's well-appointed and fully equipped for just about any erotic adventure that you can come up with. So you don't actually go to Ashley Furniture for dungeon equipment, or you can't <laughs> go to Value City or Haverty's or whatever the name of the favorite furniture store. So where did you start that journey to make it well-appointed? Um, well, I built my own St. Andrew's Cross and the lattice work frame and I can tell you it has been in a commercial space working its ass off for a couple of decades and it's as sturdy as the day I built it (laughs) so I do love woodworking I don't get the opportunity to do a lot of it I um was are you familiar with Scott Paul's furniture his cages etc no, but I believe I've heard the name. Right. He makes beautiful gear. Anyway, I, I have one of his cages and I just know his work to be really well done. So that's what I look for is an artisan who over-engineers the shit out of whatever they're building <laughs> because I want it as 
dirty as you can possibly make it because it's going to have any adventure somebody wants it to, if I can get, get away with it. Multiple part question. Oh. Do you have a favorite apparatus? Do you have one that surprised you how much you like it? And finally, is there an apparatus that's not in there yet that you're dying to have? Okay, too many questions at once. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's start with this. Okay. What is your favorite apparatus uh, in Thrall? My personal favorite at the moment, because it does change, I'm a little moody, is the suspension rig. Mm. Because when you have somebody shackled their arms above in whatever fashion, you have the opportunity to walk all the way around them and get every part of the body that might otherwise not be accessible on the other furniture. Mm -hmm. And I do love to have options. So <laughs> <laughs> right now, that is my current favorite. I actually had an adventure on a suspension rig where somebody put me in a straight jacket with a parachute harness on top of it, <laughs> hooked it up, and then took my legs and just tied them to the side of it. <laughs> and fun. I was flying no. and just being <laughs> up there put me in the most beautiful space. Oh, it's lovely. Yeah. Ratchet Pup, who is an amazing engineering genius uh, here in Cincinnati, uh, came up with that, said, yeah, let's try this <laughs> in his inimitable, uh, uninimitable way. Where Don't he's you just, just like, love yeah, a good evil genius? Yes, oh. absolutely. <laughs> I do. So now let's move over to the apparatus that surprised you how much you liked it. Mm that surprised me. Okay, I knew I was going to like it. I didn't know how much I was going to like it. The Humbler. The apparatus that um, goes behind the thighs and captures the scrotum mm -hmm. and cinches down so it's captured nicely and it forces them into a bent over to some, some degree, to a large degree, position. And mm -hmm. um, it only hurts if you struggle. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the ingenious part of it. My tagline back as a professional was the sweetest bitch you'll ever meet. <laughs> and I could absolutely see that and hear that as well. <laughs> What's the piece of furniture or apparatus that you most want to have in there, but don't? It's in my head <laughs> and it's mm -hmm. not, uh, and I'm not an engineer. I am not an artist, but there is some resemblance to an over-engineered adult jungle gym. And I am going to build it. But I need to find the right builder mm -hmm. um, because I don't have time. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
and I'm really excited to meet them and to get it out of my head and into the play space. There's an apparatus that I have never seen in any dungeon, but it was the first picture that I ever saw back in 1981 of a woman in a latex catsuit strapped to a St. Andrew's cross. The difference was the St. Andrew's cross was high enough that her feet were a couple of feet off the ground. <laughs> oh dear. That's problematic. <laughs> to where you are absolutely attached to it and you're not getting down. I, I and, love the idea. Yeah, I was smitten. Anything that makes you feel like something is inescapable. Yes. And if your feet are not on the ground or able to get to the ground, you're going to be toppling before you get out. See, I would want to able to get a fingertip or a toe just, just if you really stretch to the ground. Mm -hmm. Because I would want it to be that frustrating. Mm -hmm. And I would want you to know that, yeah, you can struggle, but you're not escaping. And I, I enjoy the struggle. Oh, <laughs> then you'd be a woman after my own heart. That would indeed be true. We're going to take a quick break here. And when we come back, I'm going to talk about primetime TV shows and consulting. Sounds interesting when we come back. Have you ever wanted to try something a little kinky in the bedroom but had no idea where to start? Or maybe your partner just told you they're into water sports. No, not the jet ski kind. And you really want to fulfill their fantasy, but you're nervous. That's totally normal. I'm Kate Sloan. I'm a sex journalist who's talked about kink in magazines like Cosmo, Playboy, and Glamour, and on my podcast, The Dildorks. My new book, 101 Kinky Things Even You Can Do, is a guide to some of the hottest and best-known kinks out there, from age play to zapping and everything in between. Each section offers three suggestions for ways you can try out your new interest with a partner or even by yourself. Curious? Order your copy now at 101kinkythings.com and start learning new things about your sexuality. This is Alicia Zadig, author of the new book, Yes, Mistress. I'm also Mistress Alicia, a leading dominatrix and BDSM expert. My book, Yes, Mistress, takes you on a provocative, eye-opening journey into the erotic worlds of kink, fetish, and female domination. Join me for a fascinating conversation. Male submission is more common than you think and more rewarding than you can ever imagine. Yes, Mistress, now available on Kindle, and you can order your copy at yesmistress.com. Are you liking what you're hearing? Check out the Total Archives wherever you find your podcasts. And please, remember to subscribe so you don't miss a minute. And while you're there, help John out by giving him a rating and a review. We really appreciate your feedback. Now let's get back to what women and other wonderful humans want. 
Welcome back to the program. I'm John, also known as Hi There Katsu, joined by Kathleen Ashford, the innkeeper of Enthrall, your kinky B&B. In addition to creating what you call this lovely, sexy paradise, which is very true, you have worked as a consultant for primetime TV shows. Tell me about that. It was for one show. Okay. Um, for a recurring character. I do you recall Lady Heather from the CSI episodes. Vaguely, but continue. She was the dominatrix slash love interest of Grissom. I need to be watching this. Maybe I'm going to start <laughs> binging CSI. <laughs> so um, yeah, that was the that was the show and the character. And I consulted for BDSM psychology and ambiguous wounds. How did they find you? That is still one of the best questions ever. Well, good. I'm glad I, I asked. <laughs> I suspect that I had a client who just threw my name forward for some reason because there were easily a hundred prodoms in the Hollywood area at the time. So when they contacted me, I was like, is this a hoax? And mm. I just kind of went along with it. I was like, if it is, it's a really well done hoax. <laughs> and yeah, they actually flew me out to be on set um for the last one and that was quite cool i really enjoyed working with the writers i was terribly nervous about what ends up on the cutting room floor and i was overall pleased with how they presented bdsm to such a big audience um yes it's going to be glamorous in its own right but the sensationalism for its own sake, was toned down. And I like that. It's the difference between bonding season one and bonding season two after Olivia Troy showed up and said, no, this is what BDSM is about. And, and all the BDSMers and kinksters are back there going, somebody finally told them what's going on. <laughs> oh, they finally got some, a proper consultant yes. on set. Yes, absolutely. So who was the actress that you worked with? Um, well, I mostly worked with the writers, mm -hmm. but Melinda Peterson. Mm -hmm. I'm uh, guessing you talked to her at one point, maybe. I'm, I talked to a handful of people of, few times and honestly most of my work had already been done over the phone and email and in photo documentation in some cases so i'm guessing you've watched the show i would hope that you would have to see your um, handiwork i find i mean i i didn't own a television at the time <laughs> <laughs> But have you seen it since? I was like 10 years without a television, but yes, of course. Yes. And so I So did she get up. it right? I I feel that yes, overall overall, um she got her character and her story right. 
when you do consulting like that, do you think it takes a considerable amount of buy-in from the person playing the character? Because even if you're a great actor, you can't fake some of the feeling there. Correct. Um, and I, I think, and I hope that that is true. I think so. I think it is. I, I know that there was a lot of um, seeking of the feelings that come with, not the visual, but portraying some of the emotions that arise and some of the things you might see on the wall, <laughs> all of it. And to really, well, it's really about the character. It's not so much about her skill and technique in, mm -hmm. you know, but obviously she needs to have that as well, so. So let's bring you back to Enthrall. Yay! This wonderful place. How does someone say, okay, I'd like to go to a kinky B&B. What are the steps to getting enthralled? You are very welcome to visit the website at enthrall.com, I-N-N-T-H-R-A-L-L.com. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter and eventually, I guess, TikTok. <laughs> I, I'm too, I need a millennial. Send me a millennial. <laughs> <laughs> but yes so if you're a um, millennial out there that knows tiktok get a hold of <laughs> kathleen she has some work for you right and there's a reservation request form on the contact and bookings page and so it's not an availability calendar um, you send in your dates that you hope for and i let you know what is and what is not possible and hopefully my fingers are crossed for you. Your dates are available, but um, sometimes the same weekend is inquired after by seven different parties. Mm -hmm. And then the next weekend will be nothing. <laughs> Although that's no longer the case. All the weekends are quite um, spoken for mm. for a while. What's the longest somebody stayed? I'm curious. So far, five days. That must have been one heck of a week. Wow, to just luxuriate because it's its own magic bubble and you never have to really leave it. You get breakfast, which is pretty awesome and generously mm -hmm. portioned. And all the apps know how to deliver. They'll give you dishes. <laughs> <laughs> and to just be immersed in your kink for as long as you may wish. How decadent and indulgent and delightful is that? That's, that's the dream. It is the absolute dream. I made, I made, I have created this for you. <laughs> <laughs> I built it just for you. Do you also continue your work in, uh, being a pro dom or is yeah. it moved pretty much all into the, the coaching realm. I did have to walk away from my job as a professional, my career. It was 15 years at that point mm -hmm. as a professional dominatrix. Um, 
just because of the legally gray area that you know prostitution laws mm -hmm. tend to cover and i at that point i had fallen in love with this thing that i had created and as much as i loved my work as a pro dom i realized that it was a threat to this thing i'd created that i'd fallen even more in love with mm -hmm. so i got to keep in touch with a couple of my my favorite most devoted um clients and slaves but you know that turned into just a more of a friendship form which is mm -hmm. also cool oh, not many obviously mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah i did have to walk away from that however part of my goal in opening enthrall was to be able to finally work with women mm. and so as a coach and or consultant which you know there's very call it what you will mm -hmm. <laughs> i get to empower so many women and men as well and not the whole spectrum non-binary fluid um, but finally, it's not just men. <laughs> I'm so happy to work with, with women after all these years. And I get to work with both now. It's usually couples. I'm coaching, not just one or the other. And being an interspecies translator for somebody when they're trying to convey their kink that's been in their head for, let's see, you know, 15 or so years mm -hmm. <laughs> and you've just disclosed it to your partner and they're like okay i kind of get where you're coming from <laughs> but how does it go mm -hmm. <laughs> and having those 15 years of very sophisticated fantasies um you better be really good at communicating on a level that you're uncomfortable with but mm -hmm. you're probably not. And that's where I come in. <laughs> and I help translate. Are there programs within Enthrall where people come in to uh, stay at the, at the inn, but need a little help to get started as far as knowledge is concerned, which is where you would come in? Exactly. So I'm accessible. Um, I'm like I take zero notes. I am a vault. <laughs> <laughs> I have been in the discretion industry for quite some time, and I take that intensely seriously. And I, that's part of that mission statement is to, you know, give people a safe space and permission to explore themselves their partners their sexuality and whatever that may look like i want them to try everything so we've talked about how you make a reservation or how you go through the reservation process mm. so i'm going to finish with this question for you can you share with me a story with discretion of someone that came to stay with you 
and communicated to you that you changed their life by providing that safe space. I've had people break down in tears on my kitchen floor with the profoundness of the experience just to have all the privacy, all the equipment, every obstacle that could be removed from your path just gone, vanished. There's no clocks. You get to step into this land and, and having it, that was what sort of blew me away about enthrall when I realized that this was a, a way, a vehicle for my heart's desire, that overarching mission. Um, I've had people have collaring ceremonies, just these beautiful rites of passage. I've, I've heard it talked about in shushed tones from a restaurant booth on the other side. <laughs> but I didn't know that people would be really into it, you know, more than once. It would be novel, kinky, fun, all of that. But it really gave people that space and to see what that meant to them moved me deeply and said, okay, it helped really. I'm just going to also put out there, Enthrall is a mission-driven business. It's not profit-driven. It does have to be profitable to be sustainable, mm -hmm. but it's mission-driven. This is my heart's passion, and I love what it offers people. When I closed the Seattle location to move out east, I had the last party and just a wonderful, fabulous party, but so many tears were shed because it was disappearing and it had meant something to the community as well. I started a, um, an event called Femdom Dominion mm. and later it was co-hosted by uh, Lady Vi. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite people in the world. Right. Absolutely. And it was one of the first times that pro doms and lifestyle doms and the dom curious, femdom curious, could come together in the same place and everybody's on level playing ground. And it was amazing to watch people really bond in this way. I have to tell you, I wish there was something like that here in Cincinnati or even in Ohio, but it's something that obviously I've dreamed about because when you've done nearly now three seasons of this show and you get to talk to such amazing people to be able to experience them in person, that's pretty amazing right. i've had the opportunity to do it once and by the time this show airs it may have been twice um <laughs> with some amazing people who have seen my passion and want me to be able to understand more about it and i really appreciate their kindness in letting me do that 
Beautiful. And so I will close by saying I would love to make reservations. I just need to figure out when next year. And then I need to find somebody to come with because being there by myself, I don't think I'd have as much fun. I, I think that once this is out there, that you will have no shortage of um, probably delighted humans who may wish to do such things. So let me know when your calendar allows and we'll see what we can arrange. That's I look forward to it. That sounds wonderful. Kathleen Ashford, the innkeeper of Enthrall, our guest on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. Thank you so much. Thank you. What a lovely visit with a proud innkeeper of that wonderfully named Enthrall. I really enjoyed the conversations about CSI. I may have to start binging that soon, or at least the episode she worked on. I do hope to get to visit Enthrall sometime soon, and if we do, we will do a video podcast taking you all behind the scenes. And maybe I'll get lucky and someone will kidnap me and keep me there at their will. Perchance to dream. And that will do it for this edition of the show. I'm John, always known as Hi There Catsuit. I hope I've earned the privilege of your time, and I remind you to always remember consent and to love each other always. What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want connects with you. We invite you to follow us on social media. Check us out at What Women Want P1 on Twitter, What Women Want Podcast on Instagram, and for our kinky friends on FetLife at WWW Podcast. This has been a presentation of Dating Kinky. Kinky done differently.